Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, September the 2nd. Gosh, we, we're just moving through the week. Uh, whenever you listen to this, wherever you are, I wish you my love. I wish you God's grace, God's love. I hope somehow in the midst of your day today, you are able to experience at some level God's nearness to you, God's love for you, God's grace and embrace of you today. Hey, we are going to continue through Luke's gospel, and I suspect, my friends, we're going to be there for a while. And the truth be told, gosh, if we've got to be anywhere for a while, Luke's gospel is a good place to be. Didn't talk about this on Monday, because Lord knows I already talked for a half hour. Why should I add more to that? Luke is, I want to say a couple things. He is, aside from Paul, probably the most predominant writer in the New Testament. He wrote this gospel, which is the longest, 28 chapters in Luke. Uh, And uh, not only did he write this gospel, he wrote Acts of the Apostles. We know that uh, because he even references in Acts of the Apostles, he calls us Theophilus in the beginning of both, uh, uh, both books, Lover of God, which is so great. And in Acts of the Apostles, he says, in my first book, Theophilus, meaning the gospel. He's pointing to this one. Now, didn't say this either. Luke is a Gentile convert to Christianity. Most likely never met Jesus. In fact, I I think that you could probably put a large sum of money on that. Uh, Probably was a convert, uh, thanks be to God, for Paul and Paul's outreach later um, later on. And uh, Luke was writing to a Gentile community. Now, that's important to know because when we compare it to Matthew's gospel, Matthew was writing to a Jewish community and is going to make, because of that, a lot of Jewish references to the Hebrew scriptures. And he sets Jesus up as the new Moses and compares him in, in many ways, which makes perfect sense because the people at Antioch, this Jewish community, would understand it and would see Jesus as the fullness, uh, the coming of the Messiah that the Hebrew scriptures pointed to. Luke's audience isn't going to know all that, so he's not going to make those same references and those same points. He, on the other hand, Luke, is going to use a lot of stories that see the outsider as... um, as, as, as worthy of forgiveness, as worthy of being disciple, even in some of those stories, like the Good Samaritan, which is only in Luke, as hero. Because again, the people to whom Luke is writing, these outsiders, these Gentiles, uh, would understand and that would speak to them. So that just gives a little bit of background about who Luke is. Such a good gospel and, uh, and such a good writer. He was a physician, is what tradition tells us. So today, we're going to read from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, a wonderful gospel, and uh, one that's pretty famous that you'll know. So let's uh, break open God's word and see what God has for us, huh? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, 
He asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So just a couple of things before we get to two points. There are two points I'm going to make today. going to try to stay on task because Lord knows you have listened to me enough. Some of the longest pods I've ever done. In fact, the longest one I've ever done, Monday. Um, I'm going to try to make them shorter. But you've heard that song and dance before, so no promises. So a couple of points. First of all, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Where on earth is that? Well, do you remember a couple of weeks back when we had the uh, Feast of St. Bartholomew, right? But we had a gospel about Nathaniel because Bartholomew and Nathaniel are thought to be the same person, just different names. That must have been a common thing in Hebrew scriptures or in their culture or whatever. Because the Lake of Gennesaret, yeah, just another name for the Sea of Galilee. Which, if you want a third name, and frankly, who wouldn't? The Sea of Tiberias. Yeah. If, if you're talking about the Sea of Tiberias, and I'm talking about the Sea of Galilee, and a third person's talking about Lake Gennesaret, you know what? We're all talking about the same thing. Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone, Constantinople. Now it's Turkish delight on a moonlit night. If you don't get that reference, oh, you're the lesser for it. But, but, here's the other thing that I just get a kick out of. And maybe it's, it's my own passive-aggressive nature. But here's old Simon being passive-aggressive to Jesus. So Jesus uses Simon's boat goes out into, the, uh, into the, the water because the crowds were pressing in on him. Jesus needs a little space, says, hey, Simon, let's use your boat. Goes out there, teaches, and Simon and Jesus would have known each other. Because remember, just yesterday's gospel, Jesus was in the home of Simon. And they, uh, they whoever they were, interceded on behalf of Simon's mother-in-law and uh, brought her to him, to Jesus, where Jesus healed her. So we know Jesus is familiar with Simon, Simon with Jesus, and, and with Jesus, who Jesus was, because he was healing. And with his words, because I'm sure he was teaching there too. He saw the healings that went on all night there, okay? So we're still in Capernaum, because this is where Simon's base, Simon Peter's base is, and his partners. 
and they would have been out of Capernaum because that's where he lived. So the passive-aggressive part just kind of cracks me up because Jesus says, okay, put out, he's saying to Peter, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. And Simon says in reply, now listen to this whole sentence. Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. You know what? If he wasn't being passive-aggressive, he'd just say, Master, at your command, I'm going to lower the nets. But first, I got a grouse. Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing. You don't know what you're talking about. I really don't want to do this. I just want to make my claim here that I've been working hard. I don't want to do this. You don't know what you're talking about. But yet, yet, just for you, look at me. I'm a martyr. I'm going to lower these nets. All right. None of these are my point. These are why my pods go on so long. But let's get to point number one. The call. The call. Now, this entire gospel is about the call of, of not only Simon Peter, but Andrew. We don't even hear Andrew's name in this gospel. Uh, and then James and John. Here, you know, did they say James and John? Yeah, I think l- later on they do. James and John, they're named later on, the sons of Zebedee. I want to compare and contrast this call. So you just heard 11 verses of chapter 5 here in Luke's gospel to the call of Uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James, and John in Mark's gospel. Now, I'm going to read that. It's just a a brief one. But just know, in reading this, I'm essentially reading Matthew's too. But hold on. Let me read it first. It's Matthew, or excuse me, Mark. I'm going to read Mark's. Mark chapter 1 starts at verse 16. So this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It just throws it out there. As he, Jesus, passed by the Sea of Galilee, not the lake Gennesaret. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with the hired men and followed him. Now, that was Mark's gospel. If I were to have read Matthew's, it would have been almost identical. But that's not what we see in Luke's, right? And I like the contrast because both are true and both are real. I suspect you've had this this opportunity or this experience in your life if you've talked to some evangelical brothers or sisters. And, And I love to listen to their story of faith Because many of them, most of them, are able to point to a day, a time, and a place where they came to faith in Christ. I was saved on August the the 26th uh, at at 11 in the evening uh, at uh, Joe's Bar and Grill. And that's when I came to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And in a sense, what that that tells me is they were sitting in a boat hanging out, and Jesus came by, and they dropped everything. They accepted Jesus as their Savior, and they followed after him. But those Gospels, for Matthew and Mark, have never found purchase within me, because that doesn't make sense to my experience, nor to the experience of a lot of Catholics that I've talked to. When I've talked to Catholics, and I've been in ministry now 30 years, oftentimes they say, Joe, 
I don't point to a day or a time that I'm like, okay, this is it, you know, like a confirmation or first communion or Sunday, you know, afternoon when I was eating an ice cream Sunday and all of a sudden it came on me. Um, but is they most Catholics will just say, it just was, you know, a day in, day out thing. It was just decisions I made on top of decisions I made on top of decisions I made and that's just how I came to be here where I am now. And both are real and both are true and both follow. I, I, don't, I don't think one is any better than the other. And, and I, I liken the two different stories because I think Matthew and Mark are kind of like our evangelical brothers and sisters. I'm just hanging out. I'm just doing my thing. And bam, all of a sudden, you know, I, Jesus comes by and I'm dropping what I'm doing and I'm walking in a completely different different way, 90 degree angle. I was going east and all of a sudden I'm going north or south and boom, that's that's what's happening because I found it. And you know what? There are occasions where God acts like that and that circumstances, our eyes are open, our ears are open and, and we just get it, we've understood or, or whatever and, and it makes sense. Everything drops into place and boom, I'm walking in a different direction. But I think most of us are more like today's gospel in that call and response. Simon Peter saw the healings yesterday. And, and it may not have been just yesterday in terms of it's yesterday's gospel, but I don't know what time Jesus spent in Capernaum. In the, in the gospel on Monday, when Jesus was in Nazareth at the beginning of his ministry, they even said, hey, do some of the things, or we've heard about some of the things you've been doing in Capernaum. So even though we don't hear those in the gospel, because it's the start of his, his ministry, what we heard on Monday, my point is Jesus has been in Capernaum for a while. There was a slow burn with Peter and Jesus. Jesus and Peter had time to get to know each other. Peter had time to watch him. And, and today was the tipping point. Yeah, it was. But it wasn't a, a zero to 60. He might have been going 20 and then 30 and then 40. And then he got up to it today and he's like, okay, you know what? If I saw people being healed, that would, that would make more sense to me than a whole bunch of fish being caught. But sometimes it's just the little things that, that put over the edge. And that was what put Peter over the edge today. And so I guess my point here on point number one, and then I'll, I'll go to point number two, is, you know what? Your call is your call. And how God called you and how you responded, whether it was a, 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 an epiphany, a sudden epiphany, and all of a sudden my, my world is different and, and I'm moving differently and, and moving 90 degrees uh, different than where I was. Hey, praise God for that. Praise God that you had the courage, you had the, the open ears and eyes to listen and hear and go that way and do it. And praise God that God invited you to. But many of us, it's like, okay, I'm watching. Okay, I'm seeing more. And I'm going to put my toe in. Okay, now I'm going to put my leg in. Now I'm going to go up to my waist. Now I'm going to go up to my, my chest. It's little by little by little by little. And at some point, there's a tipping point. We see Peter's today. And, and I think that's, that's just as beautiful because I think that's life. That's how our God calls us. It isn't necessarily a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. And that's what happened to Peter, 
and James and John, and I suspect Andrew in there too. So that's point number one. Point number two is this beautiful part about, okay, so they go out, they catch the fish, and Jesus, or again, Peter, excuse me, um, has this tipping point. Suddenly, he realizes not necessarily just who Jesus is, although I think he does at some level. He had to see that yesterday, too, or in all these healings, or in all these discussion, discussions and the teachings that Jesus was giving. But this was the tipping point, the fish, and he realized what it invited him to, because it invited him to being a disciple, a follower. And this is his last line of defense, is he's coming up to Jesus essentially and saying, I'm not worthy. And so he falls on his knees and he says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I know, I know who you are fully now. The tipping point came. We'd been working up to that. I, I know fully now who you are and I know what that invites me to, even more importantly. And, and I need to tell you who I am because I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy of what you're inviting me to and what all these things are going to invite me to, which is being a follower of yours. I can't do it because I'm not worthy. I know I'm called, but I'm not worthy. He puts it out there. And Jesus' response is so fantastic, isn't it? He doesn't try to talk him out of it. He doesn't say, ah, oh, Peter, you know, let's work on it again. Let's, let's develop good habits. Let's, you know, get a prayer time in the morning. And, uh, and then, you know, let's do that for six months and then let's see where you are. And, uh, and let's, you know, give you a little bit of Hebrew scripture study. And, uh, and then after all that, you know, we'll, 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 we'll start, we'll start the following. Okay. No, no. Jesus says, I know who you are. You don't think I know who you are? I've known from the beginning who you are. I want you. I want you to follow me. Jesus simply looks at him and says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of what? Do not be afraid of the call. Yeah. Do not be afraid of who you are. Because you know what? I, meaning Jesus, I, meaning God, I'm not afraid of who you are. So if I'm not afraid of who you are, why are you afraid of who you are? If I'm not afraid of what I'm calling you to, why are you afraid of what you, I'm calling you to? Brothers and sisters, I think it's imperative that we know who we are. Peter was not wrong. He was not worthy. He was a sinner. Brothers and sisters, make no mistake, you and I are not worthy. We are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. We cannot earn our place as followers of Jesus. And if you're sitting there today trying to earn it, you're in the wrong boat. I'm in the wrong boat. And there are days we all try to do that. We all try to puff out our chest and say, look what I've done. I've earned it today. Nope. Nope. We haven't. Because we don't. That's not what it's about. Brothers and sisters, two things here with this. Part, part, point two, part A and part B. Part A is, God is not afraid of who you are today. God knows you at your base level. Do you know you are at your base level? If you do, and I do, we're going to say the very thing Peter did, which is, depart from me for I'm sinful. I can't do this work. You, you don't know me, but God is saying to you and me, I do know you. 
and I love you, and I'm still calling you. Don't be afraid of who you are. Don't be afraid of what I'm calling you to. And the second part of this is, brothers and sisters, our God is going to invite us to risk. Make no mistake about that, too. That's what he means when he says, put out into the deep. Don't just stay here on the shallows. Anybody can do that. Don't just put your foot in the water or your leg. Let's dive in. I don't know what Jesus is inviting you to risk today or in your life in the coming season. I don't know what he's inviting me to risk today or in the coming season, but I know he will invite us to risk because he invites us out in faith. Faith doesn't mean we know. Faith doesn't mean we can see. Faith means simply, I hear your call and it scares the hell out of me, but I trust you enough that I'm going to do it. In fact, I might have the same passive-aggressive words that Peter did. Lord, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because I'm afraid. But if you're the one calling me, I'm going to do it. We're invited to risk. We don't need to be afraid of who we are because our God isn't. And your call, be proud of it. All we have to do is respond every day, little by little, and say yes. Pretty soon, we'll see those nets, those boats, they're behind us. Let's pray. And again, let's uh, bring whatever's going on in your heart, mind, in your life. Let's, let's put it, let's intercede on behalf of those around us and what's going on within us, okay? And so let's put them in the feet of our, our Savior. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, I was not as brief as I meant to be. God bless you all. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. And I look forward to being back with you once again tomorrow. God's peace.